0: Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring back Dr. Mindy Pals.
1: So something again that doesn't get talked about enough with fasting is that you're turning white fat into brown fat, and then brown fat is easier to mobilize. So I think the reason that 36-hour fast works so well is that you had this shift of the fat type, and then the, and then you would come back in with another 36-hour fast, and it was able to burn it up.
0: Hey, Keto Camper. Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Yes, it's true. We just had Dr. Mindy Pels on the show a couple weeks ago to premiere and talk about her brand new book, Fast Like a Girl. And no, this is not the same episode as that previous one. This is a brand new one. We love her so much and she has so much more to share with us today. And that's why we are releasing another interview with Mindy. There's so much ground that me and Mindy cover today. This is a special live stream we did on our YouTube channel, on my YouTube channel, Keto Camp YouTube channel, earlier this week. And it was such a hit, great feedback that we're releasing it today as a podcast interview. And you're going to love it because we're going to dive deep even more into her latest book, Fast Like a Girl. That book is flying off the shelves all over the world. And if you haven't gotten it, go get it over at FastLikeagirl.com or just click the link down below in the podcast notes. We'll get into a little bit more about the broken sick sick care healthcare industry and why all these studies are not really done on women and why it's different. Women have different cycles, so we'll get into that. We'll get into her hormone hierarchy and why cortisol in excess, insulin in excess are bullies, which downregulate progesterone and estrogen and other hormones, including your fat-burning hormones, and how do you overcome that with oxytocin and dopamine fasting which we'll get into that but oxytocin is a big part of this conversation she's a big believer in gratitude i call it vitamin g finding ways to get oxytocin which we'll talk about her favorite ways to do so and as a matter of fact you know even before i get to the next part here i'm going to share with you something right now i'm a big believer in vitamin g vitamin g is the most important vitamin that we should be taking Every single day, multiple times a day, it's free, it's gratitude, it down-regulates inflammation, it boosts, boosts oxytocin and dopamine and GABA and serotonin and 1,200 other chemical processes that puts your body in a healing state. So much so that I was on TikTok last night. I know, Ben, what are you doing on TikTok last night? Sometimes I go on there, sometimes it's entertaining. Uh, and I came across this video and it brought a huge smile to my face. I saved it on my phone. And I'm gonna play the audio for you right now to show you how incredible vitamin G is and what it does to heal your body. So listen to this 60 second audio clip.
1: How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm naughty, I eat sugar, I eat butter, I eat things that I should not eat. And I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me and I tell them that you um, you pray a lot, you have faith. I do have faith, yes. I, and I really spend, like, I, I cannot end my day without being grateful. I never take anything. So that's that's probably the secret. That's how you live to be ninety-seven. I don't know because you never end your your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. That you have a lot of gratitude in your
0: heart. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Ninety-seven years old. She says she's been naughty. She eats sugar and butter. She has no idea how she's living a long ninety-seven-year-old life and feeling good. She looks good too, by the way. If you watch the video and. She chalks it up to her faith and ending every day with gratitude. Me and Mindy will talk about that. Me and Mindy are also going to discuss the six different styles of fasting. Number one would be a short intermittent fast, 13 to 15 hours. Number two would be more of an autophagy fast around the 17-hour mark. Number three is a 24-hour gut reset fast. Number four is a 36-hour fat burn fast. Number five is a 48-hour dopamine fast. Uh, fast, which resets your dopamine receptors. And number six is a 72-hour, a three-day immune system reset fast. We'll discuss all of those. Then we get into question and answer, where a lot of my KetoCamp Academy students tuned in, and those on YouTube tuned in, and they asked questions like, hey, can you lose bone when you fast? Hey, what if you are menopausal and have low testosterone? Can fasting help boost that? We'll talk about thyroid conditions in fasting, the best ways to break a fast. You're going to love it. If you're doing fasting, whether you're a guy or a gal, this is for you. Mindy is going to be a part of our upcoming 7-Day Keto Challenge. And when I say upcoming, I mean it starts in 48 hours. This Monday, January 9th, we go live for our first session. I'm actually bringing on Dr. Mindy and Dr. Pompa at the same time during session 4, We also have other guests. Megan Ramos is a part of the 7-Day Challenge. Dr. Boz is a part of the 7-Day Challenge. I'll be live streaming every day for two hours. We're going to give you action steps. We're going to build community. It's free. And we're giving away almost $18,000 in free giveaways, free prizes. All you need to do to get registered is head over to KetoCampChallenge.com and sign up right now. Join us on Monday. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, let's get right into this conversation with the beautiful, the wonderful, the brilliant Dr. Mindy Pals. Okay, we are live. And today we're going to have a special conversation with a special human being who just released a brand new book. You probably have it already. If not, you're going to get it called Fast Like a Girl. We're going to dive deep into this incredible book, which is very important, not just for every single woman out there, but every single human because men don't get discounted here. This is important for you. I read the book. I study Mindy. Why? I'm a guy. Why? Because you have women in your life. And if you could understand their hormones, you could understand them and you could have a better relationship. So without further ado, let's bring on the incredible Dr. Mindy Pallas. Hey, Mindy.
1: I I feel like, do I need like a drum roll or something? (laughs) like? (laughs) (laughs)
0: drum roll everybody put the drum roll emoji for mindy there (laughs) so me and mindy have this brother sister relationship um and many of you who have been following us who have followed our youtube videos uh where we have synergized together and have collaborated together we have this dichotomy mindy where we just have so much fun together because we love what we do and uh i'm so happy we're doing this live stream i see a lot of people here on the live stream so how this is going to go for those who are on here I'm going to ask Mindy specific questions from her book that I'm personally interested about. She's also doing a 3-day fast today's day 1. I'm going to ask her about that. And then we're going to open it up for Q&A, question and answer. So this is a great opportunity for those who are live on this stream to ask Mindy your specific questions. I already have a few that were posted by my academy students. So Mindy, are you ready to rock and roll?
1: I'm totally ready. I love this.
0: <laughs> so you know, you start the book out with the problem and we know we have a big problem. Uh, we, we know that disease is on the rise, autoimmune disease is on the rise. The healthcare system is broken. It's really sick care, especially for women. And I want you to address why it's broken, especially for women and why this book was weighing on your heart for so many years to address that needed void out there for women. Yeah.
1: But it is, it's such a good first question. Thank you for, for bringing it to the surface. Um, and it is really the heart of why I wrote the book. Um, you know, Our healthcare system, to your point, is massively broken for chronic disease. For acute care crisis, it, we still are shining. And, and that is an amazing yeah. this part of our system. But for chronic disease, we are not. We are struggling, and the numbers are telling us so and a lot of that is because we don't give lifestyle solutions we give medications we give diagnoses we give surgeries but we don't show people how to change their lifestyle so within this broken system we have clumped men and women together we don't we think of us as humans we don't think of us as having individual needs based off of our sex and when you go and you look at us hormonally everything in our body is run through our hormones same for you same for me you know i was just at the a4m longevity conference which yeah. is a, the biggest worldwide conference of functional medicine doctor doctors and the number one conversation of all the speakers was hormonal health because you it for longevity for prevention of disease we have to start to take hormonal health into consideration
0: so for, but, for you know the word yeah. hormones i think people have a general understanding on what that is but i think there's some people who are watching that are not really, they don't have an understanding of what hormones do in the body. So let's start right there. Just a basic understanding of like why hormones are so important to understand to begin with.
1: Yeah. So hormones are chemical messengers. So think of it as your organs have to talk to each other. And so they only have really two ways to do that. They do it through the nervous system and they do it through the hormonal system. So nerves are connecting tissues, but hormones are sending chemical signals. So for example, something as, as, as I should say simple, but it is a, a complicated, something as normal and common as a woman's menstrual cycle, that actually takes c- chemical communication from her ovaries to her brain. So the ovaries literally will send pulse out a hormone to go up to the brain and say, "Hey." I've got an egg to be released right now. So you're going to want to start to orchestrate the all the, the endocrine glands and get them ready because we need to release this egg. And all these endocrine glands come together and release this egg. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's a tag team sort of chemical system.
0: It's an orchestra. It's a beautiful it's, orchestra.
1: It's a beautiful orchestra. But beyond that you know, when estrogen is going up to allow the egg to, to, to be released, it's also changing our brain. So our moods change as the hormones go up and down. And so it's very complicated system, which is why when we walk in and we're given a one size fits all approach, um, that's similar to men, we are neurochemically massively different. And so that has to be taken into consideration.
0: In the book, does a great job at explaining that not not just for women who have the menstrual cycle, but also postmenopausal women. You address both, mm-hmm. so there are chemical messengers that are being sent, and the goal is for those messages to be heard by your cells, so a a, a, um, a function could be performed. So, what is blocking this communication? What are the main themes blocking it?
1: Yeah. Oh my God, such a good question. So, when we look at where the the main part of all hormonal connection lives, it's in our brain. And what's really interesting about this is that the two parts of the brain, uh, the hypothalamus and the pituitary, that they receive all the chemical messengers. So think of them like the air traffic control tower that's coordinating all the flights that are coming in. That's what the hypothalamus and the pituitary do is they're receiving information from the thyroid and from the adrenals and from the ovaries and testes, and they're getting that information and then they're navigating and telling all the other organs what, how much of a hormone to secrete. So the other, the, the challenging part of this part of the brain is it has no blood brain barrier. Mm. So it has no protection. And nature did that on purpose because it has to get these chemicals to come in. So but cool. that also means it's highly susceptible to toxins. And, and a great example of that are, is the toxin phthalates. Mm. So phthalates are found in fragrances, and this applies to both men and women. And phthalates are known to throw off testosterone. So in men, phthalates will start to lower a man's testosterone level because it damages the brain. And so that then the brain can't hear the messages that the testes would send up to say, hey, we need more testosterone down here. For women, phthalates actually does the opposite. It puts a woman into more of a PCOS type situation where now she's got too much testosterone and the brain isn't able to hear, hey, stop the testosterone production. So it would be like going into the air traffic control ca- ta- tower and blacking out the windows mm. so it can't see all the the planes that are coming in. So we, it's the same thing that happens to the brain with the chemical toxins that are in our world. And phthalates is just one of the many endocrine yeah. disruptors that does that.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. It makes a lot of sense. So that's a chemical stress. And when we talk about stress, we talk about it a lot. There's those three different areas of stress. The chemical, which you just addressed part of that, physical and emotional. So what about the emotional part? What about the mental stress? What about you talk about yeah. this rushing women's syndrome? How does that play into this?
1: Yeah. And then again, this goes for both men and women. In the book, I talk about something called a, a, a hormonal hierarchy. Yeah. And I think this is really important for us to understand because you spoke earlier about perimenopausal women. Um, You know, when we go into those perimenopausal menopausal years, what happens is we want to balance estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone because they're declining or they're going on a roller coaster ride. Um, And so we use all types of supplements and, uh, you know, HRT and bioidenticals to manipulate these sex hormones. But what controls those sex hormones is insulin which is why fasting works so well. When you learn to fast like a girl, where you go in and out at the proper hormonal time, you can now balance those hormones. Men, testosterone, you guys do amazing with fasting. Like, if I'm, for men, like, fast, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know why any man would not fast. If anything, you want your testosterone levels to go up, start fasting. Yeah. So, so we know that balancing insulin balances these hormones. But above insulin is is cortisol Hmm. and any kind of stress is gonna make us more insulin resistant and throw the sex hormones off. And so stress has this impact that we don't talk enough about. Um, uh, of making us insulin resistant, and then therefore throwing our hormones off. And and the the good part of this story is at the very very top is oxytocin. Mm. So like you and I connecting, I know every time I get around you Ben, it's an oxy. I I'm filled with oxytocin. Same. But you know right you now. and. I, you and I just having this beautiful conversation right now, you're getting oxytocin, I'm getting oxytocin and that's bringing cortisol down. And then now we have a chance of regulating insulin and now we can balance those sex hormones. So it's just a, di- you got to be a more thorough when it comes to these hormones and stress is a big needle that will move us in the in the wrong direction.
0: So good. A hormonal hierarchy, you outline that so well in the book. So this is very important for those who are watching or if you're listening Oxytocin is really the name of the game here. If you could find ways to be intentional with getting an oxytocin release, it's really going to help with this um, cortisol uh, uh, high cortisol production that's leading to inflammation, leading to these problems. So, if you're watching, type in oxytocin for the win, and share <laughs> share Mindy, what are your favorite sources of oxytocin? Because here is what I see people are doing the opposite of oxytocin. They're finding ways to get offended. I've seen that all the time. They're Mm -hmm. feeding into fear. They're feeding into the news. They're feeding into their social media feed. And they're looking for ways to actually feel offended, which is the opposite of oxytocin. So what are your favorite ways of getting oxytocin? What would you recommend? I know you have it in the book, but what are your favorite ways to do? Yeah,
1: again, another wonderful topic. Um, So here's the thing about oxytocin is that it's a short half-life. So when you get it, you get a like, ooh, I feel good. But then it's out within like two to three minutes. It's pretty mm. quick. So you got to keep, you got to have a lot of oxytocin wins throughout the day. And they're really fun to get. So let's, let's talk about an oxytocin win that helps everybody. Um, a smiling at somebody. Like oh, no. literally, you go into the grocery store and you smile at somebody and they smile back and you've now produced oxytocin in, oh, within both of us. I'm um, telling somebody you're grateful. You are the king of this, Ben. I don't know a more grateful human on the planet. You yeah. are constantly bringing gratitude to every conversation you have, and you know those of us receiving it, it feels great. But now I realize that maybe you do it for your own.
0: <laughs> it's a little selfish on my end.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a, a, a there is a selfish piece to that altruistic uh, habit of yours. But, <laughs> but gratitude, you know, if you're having a bad day. Start, just text five people and mm. say, tell them why you're grateful and then tell me how you feel. Um, so good. It, it's, it's amazing how, how easy that goes.
0: Oh, um, so good.
1: Right? Uh, petting your dog, hugging, hugging a, a loved one. Um, you know, we we can of course think of like sex as sex will produce oxytocin. A mom carrying a baby gets oxytocin, but we don't really need to be, get complicated with this. If you're having a bad day, Text some friends, go to the market, smile at some people, and now you got yourself some great oxytocin.
0: I love it. Vitamin G. That's why I call it vitamin G. It's the strongest vitamin in the world. You can't overdose on it. Yep. As a matter of fact, you want to take it every three minutes because the oxytocin is very <laughs> right. short lived. Um, so that's a great challenge. You know, text five people that you know right now. What are five unique things you're grateful for them and to be in your life? And I love the idea of going to the grocery store or going to the gas station and smile- smiling at people. Yeah, some people might think you're creepy, but who cares? It's who fun. Cares? You, you might I s- do it all the time. Yeah, me too. And you might put them in a mood where they smile to somebody else. And then there's this ripple effect. Uh, that would be so cool if we just developed this like gratitude rampage of smiling people all over the place. Right? I-, I learned from, um, I forget who it was. It might've been T. Harv Eker. That he talked about, there's two ways to kind of go about your day when you come across people, whether you're walking your dog or you know you come across strangers. There's two types of ways to handle it. You're in an elevator, you could you could affect them in a positive way with a smile, with the conversation starter, say something nice about them, some sort of gratitude for that moment with them. So you could affect them, or you could infect them by ignoring Mm. them or gossiping Mm. about crazy things happening in the world. But it's really your choice. Do you want to infect people, or do you want to Affect people. So I love that goal of smiling at people because you're affecting them positively in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I I, like when, especially if I'm, you know, over the holidays, if I was standing in a line for a long time and the person looked really frazzled that was working at the store. I just i constantly throughout the holidays was like i appreciate you being here i i I can see that it's a busy day and thank you so much and you know in that moment you really make somebody's day but you also give yourself an oxytocin boost so if you're grumpy go go out into the world and instead of infecting people to your point with your grumpiness can you go out into the world and just really smile and and say a compliment to somebody and and we start to change the whole vibration of our community by doing that and then you get the hormonal benefit.
0: That's right. There you go. That's your challenge for everybody watching. Do that today and every day. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the topic of fasting, most people know what fasting is. I think 4 years ago, if we would have made a post or I know this, I'll speak about my experience. 4 years ago when I did post about fasting on social media, I got mixed feedback. You know, what are you doing? You're promoting um, eating disorder. You're telling people to starve themselves. Now it's more acceptable. But with that being said, there's still some backlash against fasting. And I'm sure you get people who tag you all the time on this study that comes out or this doctor, this prominent doctor that says fasting is too stressful. And I see it very, very often, especially as it relates to women. And I want you to really debunk that. Another the book debunks it really in full, but in, in a few words, if you could debunk it, because here's what devil's advocate, I'll play devil's advocate, Mindy. Yeah? Fasting is a stress to the body and women, you don't wanna stress your body. You're gonna deplete progesterone. I don't recommend it yeah. for women. So what would be your combat to yeah.
1: That? yeah, Yeah, so, it, so it's a beautiful question beyond what I just explained, the hormonal hierarchy. we I just said cortisol is gonna tank at all those hormones underneath it. So here's what why the whole book had to come about was because when a woman's hormones go high in her monthly cycle, that is when she is the most, can have the worst, cortisol can have the, the most negative impact. Mm-hmm. So when hormones are high, fast need to go low. So, but, but the same thing, the thing about fasting that's so interesting, I just want to put that out, this out there, is that you have to get a, take a couple of steps back and see what is happening to the world as more people fast. Um, people are getting off medications. They're not needing their doctors as much. They're taking health into their own control. I, we literally have over a million views on my YouTube every month with thousands of comments that come in. And I see what's the, the health changes that are happening. Somebody's losing money on the fact that oh, yeah. people are, are taking back control of their health and they're not having to rely on their pills. So it was easy, it was an easy in and media outlets took it and ran with it to say women shouldn't fast because let's take half the population out now and let's put some fear in there. It also is good sensational news. So what I want people to know is that not all stress is the same. There is good stressors and there are bad stressors. So uh, fasting is a hormetic stress, just like exercise is a hormetic stress. Yeah right? It's just a boop. Here's a little bit of stress. So the body can build itself stronger. So we can't just say every, every stressor is bad. In fact, we would die if we avoided stressors. Like, that is right. If you want to age faster, if you want to gain weight, don't ever, you want to be mentally unhappy. Just make sure you never have a stressor.
0: That's so true. Yeah. You're going to be fragile and you want to be anti-fragile. And that's that's what that's what stress does. And that, to your point, Mindy, it's like when somebody says, I don't like fasting because it's too stressful to the body, that's like somebody saying you shouldn't exercise because that's too stressful to the body. It's, right. it's not giving you the full picture. It's like exercise could be a, an incredible stress for your body to grow back stronger and build muscle, which is very important for anti-aging. Fasting as well, you got to just make sure you're doing it right. And that's what the book is all about. You just said when hormones are high, fasting is low. Everybody put that down in your notes. When hormones right. are higher, fasting is low. So in your book, by the way, the book is called Fast Like a Girl. And you can see behind Mindy, I have it here. Actually, I actually have two copies. So I have one back yes. there and one here. You could get it right now. It came out last week. Um, There's six different styles of fasting that she outlines and much, much more. We're going to re- uh, recap a little bit about those six fasts, but it's available on paperback on Kindle and on Audible. Mindy narrated the entire Audible herself. Didn't you, Mindy? Yes. <laughs> I did. Props to you, I know that's a pain <laughs> in the you. butt. You know. What and uh, like. if you're watching on YouTube, I'll drop a link here for you all to get it. And uh, if you're not on YouTube, where's the best place for them to get it, uh, Mindy?
1: Yeah, you can go to fastlikeagirl.com. And you, um, you know, the beautiful part of this book's journey is that it has been flying off the shelves um, and so I just saw somebody put in there that they're getting their book next week. Um, so th- we're now into our third print of the book. So, uh, awesome. the, the first print sold out, the second print has gone to the bookstore. So those of you that have ordered should get them. And the third print I just found out today is awesome. coming out on the 25th. So, um, so just if you got a delay notification, know it's coming. You can also look at your, um, your local bookstore. I'm such a fan of supporting the yeah, local guy. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then what a lot of people are doing, it's definitely a book that if you're an Audible listener, um, somebody said this morning on my socials, I feel like I'm in a private consultation with you <laughs> listening to the Audible. So
0: cool. It's I true. know. I was
1: like, great. That made everything that I did ah. around it great. So- you know, it's one of those books where the print and the audible are a good companion. And, and I I've, I've done that with several books where I buy the print and I buy the audible. If, if you're into that, that's also a good combo.
0: Yeah. And you could do them both at the same time. My, my, Natasha does that. She listens to the audio and then she reads at the same time. And, uh, wow. it's, it's a creative way to get some comprehension. Yeah. I, I love the backstory behind this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Before we get into the six styles of fasting in the Q&A, let's talk about this. So if if y'all don't know what I'm talking about here, this is, I'm pointing at the side of your book here and it says pelts with a T. And as you all know, it's, there's no T in Mindy's last name, but why did you decide? And I love the imperfect action of getting it out there. Explain the story behind this and why this is out there like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you again. You're bringing all the, all the great (laughs) topics to the surface um so when the book came out um you know i they sent four boxes to my house i hadn't seen that's a big day for an author i pulled it out was so excited i loved everything about it put it back in the box didn't think of it the next day i pulled it out to take a picture lined it all up and saw that they misspelled my name on the spine it was fine on the front and i panicked and so there was a lot of discussion from hay house and my agent what do we do and um, ultimately, it was going to delay the book, um, and it was, and they would have to do what they call pulp fifteen thousand books. So that's just shred fifteen thousand books. So mm. between the environmental impact of that and the fact that it would delay it, I, you know, what I said to myself is this book isn't about me; it's about getting the book to people. Mm. So we went ahead and did it. But what I asked my following to do, and I would ask those of you that I see some of the people saying that they they got the book is. When you see that, if you got the Pelts book, and you see that T in there, use it as an opportunity to see that sometimes we can put massive projects out into the world that we care deeply about. um, And they're, they're just imperfect. Sometimes we can look in the mirror and love the way our hair looks, but might maybe look at our, our, our hips and decide, gosh, I wish I could lose some weight around my hips. You know, every project, everything that we do has an imperfection in it. And we don't we don't like to say that we don't like to embrace that. So what I did with the T and the name was just let's celebrate our imperfections. And it's been great because uh, we've had a tsunami of people posting the name with the T and telling me what imperfections they were embracing. Uh, that's so, so cool. Yeah,
0: really it's fun. a limited edition too. So if you have it's one a of those edition, limited, that's limited right. edition, because that's going to be fixed and you're not going to be able to get that limited that's edition. That's right. So the that's book has six different styles of fasting. Let's cover all six. So go ahead. What's yeah. the first one?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go through them really quickly. Um, so they're all based off time. So the first one is intermittent fasting, which is, you know, the research shows 12 to 16 hours. Um, I, when I think of intermittent fasting, I think, you know, 13, 15, somewhere in there um, mm-hmm. is how I look at it. And what we know about intermittent fasting is it upregulates growth hormone, testosterone comes in, and you start to make this switch over into the fat burning energy system. So I think that's the most common type of fast. But if you keep going at 17 hours, you start to stimulate autophagy. And autophagy, as you've most likely explained to your following, it's where the intelligence looks inside the cell and it starts to make itself stronger. One thing I've been saying about autophagy that I think you'll, you'll really resonate with, Ben is that when autophagy is triggered, this, the intelligence will look around the cell and it'll say, it'll decide, is this cell repairable? Or does it need to die? Do I need to get rid of it? And we call these dysfunctional cells senescent cells, as you've you've talked about. Yeah. But what we we think of senescent cells as being aging cells, disease producing cells. But to Bruce Lipton's work, there's negative thought patterns in those cells too. Mm. Every thought that you, you know, the thoughts you keep thinking, there's a vibration in there. So when you go 17 hours of fasting, and I I think this is why we have so many people fasting right now with us in the new year, you're able to rid old thought patterns. So we've got to move beyond just looking at fasting as a physical uh, uh, upside. There's also this mental and spiritual upside.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's so, so amazing. Uh, You're right. It's The the mental is just as important as the physical. That's how incredible and intelligent the innate intelligence is. You just- remove the interference and in this case it's eating so frequently we know the average yeah. american according to don don Clum's study right 17 to 23 times per day grazers Crazy. you're not going to allow your body healing so to mindy's point 17 hours into a fast it's like having two weeks off of work a lot of people got two weeks off of work mm. now you have all this time on your hands so you go to your garage and you're like what junk in here is usable and repairable? What junk do I got to get rid of? You have all this time. So you start to clean out the house. It's what your body's doing with the cell. So that would be an intermittent fast, 13 to 15 hours. And then the second one would be an autophagy fast, 17 yeah. hours? Okay. Yeah, I think
1: at, at 17 hours from the research I've done, you start you, it's like a dimmer switch. You slowly mm-hmm. start to turn up autophagy. And from what I can see is this getting rid of these cells or fixing the cells happens. The max or the most beneficial time is between 17 and 72 hours. That that starts to move the needle on, on getting rid of the cells or upregulating and, and improving the cells.
0: So what's the third one?
1: The third one is the gut reset fast. And this is where we start to get stem cells in our gut. So this is great if you've been on antibiotics or women that have been on birth control for many years, steroid use. Um, So you're going to get a whole new microbiome. You get that thin layer inside your gut, starts to repair. Um, So it's great for gut stuff. Um, uh, The next one is 36 hours. And this is really interesting research. And I'd be curious some of what you see in your community what I saw was a, uh, and I talked about it in the book was a thirty day long fast, and this is what they did. They did thirty, 30 day or thirty hour. Thirty day. Th- so, but let me explain what they did within okay. it is they did thirty six hours of fasting. They were on thirty six hours, and then they had an eating window of twelve mm. hours, and then they went thirty six hours of fasting and then twelve hours. Now, and they did that for thirty days. So and what they found was there was a tremendous amount of change not only in the metabolic markers like fasting and insulin but most of the weight loss that occurred in those people was around the waist circumference. Mm. So when we and it so is visceral fat. So something again that doesn't get talked about enough with fasting is that you're turning white fat into brown fat and then brown fat is easier to mobilize. So I think the reason that 36 hour fast works so well is that you had this shift of the fat type and then the, and then you would come back in with another 36 hour fast and it was able to burn it up. Now, I don't think everybody needs to do that. I think if you are weight loss resistant, what we see in our community is just throw one 36 hour fast yeah. at it yeah, and, and you, it unsticks you in this very unique way.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Brown fat is what we want, right? It's very mitochondrial dense. And the more mitochondria, the more energy, the more you raise your basal metabolic rate, meaning you burn more calories without having to focus on calories. So it's, it's a win-win. So whether you do that 30 day thing or you just throw in a 36 hour, you call it a fat burn fast, right?
1: Yeah. I call it the fat burner fast. It's a
0: perfect name for it. So that's number four. You got two more. Yeah.
1: So number five is the dopamine reset, and this one oh, I, I love found. This, one. Yeah. this one's, if you do the. This is forty eight hours, and this is such a good fast, um, and it's pretty doable by most people. Um, and the research shows that the do- whole dopamine system gets rebooted, and let me explain what that means. Is that when we're when thoughts of like happiness, which is what dopamine is one of the one of the things it gives us, is that that euphoric feeling that feeling has to cross across neurons. And in order to leap to the next neuron, it has to have dopamine to get it across. But what is happening is that whole system of delivering dopamine starts to break down and um, you start to make less dopamine. So it's not just a function of, we live in this dopamine rich uh, world, it's a function of the delivery mechanism of dopamine and the production of dopamine are altered. So at at, um, 48 hours of fasting, you reboot that whole system. And on top of that, your body creates new dopamine receptor sites. Now, let's think about why the body would do this. You're 48 hours into no food. Let's take you back to your primal caveman days. You have to go find food. For your survival so at 48 hours there what the body is doing is giving you ketones to give you the energy to go find food one thing it also does is it upregulates your antioxidant load so you have the energy to go find food and then it gives you the mo- it reboots the molecule of more so you have motivation to go uh, find food this
0: makes total sense <laughs> survival survival so that that is so cool i mean in this day and age, that's not why we want to do it. In this day and age, it's a different problem that we need this for because when we think about people, they have this dopamine resistance, right? Mindy, people are on yeah. their phone all day long. They're they're numb to feeling happy. Um, so yeah. throwing in a 48-hour fast, this dopamine fast, that means when you eat food, you experience a whole different environment and sensation and feelings with that meal. You break the fast. You're like, so you're going to be more grateful for it. You're going to taste more flavors. You're going to enjoy life just better because you're not dopamine resistant. You're resetting those receptor sites. And that is super cool. So how, how often should we do something like that?
1: Well, you know, it really depends again, you know, in the, in the book, I talk about how to build a fasting lifestyle that's unique to you. So it depends on what you want to do, but I can tell you what I see in my community is that a lot of people who struggle with mood disorders um, will do this forty-eight hour fast every couple of weeks, and they find it really resets them. So that would be on the extreme edge. Um, for me, you know, a forty-eight hour fast once a quarter is a good just primer to the system, and and it it's really not that hard of a fast. You know, one day you go without food, that night you're a little grumpy. You're like, eh, I'm gonna go to bed. And then the next morning, um, you wake up and that, that night you get to eat.
0: And you know, if you do it by being metabolically flexible first, like doing a variation of ketosis, it makes it that much easier. You you talk about all the time, the ketones are coming, right? They're, they're going to be there versus going into it as a sugar burner. Probably not the best idea. Right, Mindy? Right.
1: That's right. I mean, you can, it's just going to be a little bit harder. It'll be
0: more challenging. Right. So, So, um, you can, but ideally get some ketones up endogenously, meaning your body's producing it. And then you got this dual fuel. You're you're going to be able to just go through it like, like a breeze. The sixth is the one you're actually doing right now with 8,000 plus people or so. So talk about that sixth type of uh, style of fasting.
1: So the, the sixth one is Volter is, uh, Longo gets the credit for this. This is the three-day water fast. And what we saw in his research was that he took people through chemotherapy. women. Or, uh, I think it was just people in general. I don't think it was men or women. I think it was a, gr- a combination. Um, and what they know about chemotherapy is it decimates the immune system. Yeah. It just takes wipes it completely out. So if they had them go into a three-day water fast – as they were going through the chemo, they saw that on the third day, all their white blood cells would start to reboot and be re-energized.
0: After the end of year work obligations and holiday family fun, it's easy to start the new year stressed, worn out, and lacking motivation, which is definitely not the way you want to start the new year. So if you're feeling like you need a holiday from the holidays, I have the perfect solution. Do yourself a favor and start taking Magnesium Breakthrough every night before you go to bed. Why? Because stress depletes your magnesium levels and magnesium is critical for getting deep and restorative sleep. I take this product every night. The reason Magnesium Breakthrough is so effective is because it's the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium all in each pill. Yes, you heard me right. Most magnesium supplements fail because they are synthetic and only contain one or two forms of magnesium, which is simply not enough. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, that's when the magic happens. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded from your sleep to your brain, from stress to pain and inflammation. Even better, by making magnesium breakthrough part of your daily routine, You'll be fully rested, recharged, and ready to crush all of your New Year's resolutions. Bioptimizers has hooked up the keto campers for an exclusive offer. If you go to magbreakthrough.com/ketocamp, in addition to the 10% you get by using promo code ketocamp10, you will unlock a special gift with purchase for limited time only. So head over to magbreakthrough.com/ketocamp, use the code ketokamp A M P one zero at checkout. Get the discount in this special gift. We'll drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes.
1: Now, we can do that for ourselves. Like, we should have all been doing that during the pandemic. Like, yeah. we wanted so that our, to prime our immune system, but there was so much poor metabolic health that was that was hard to do.
0: You were um, talking about that, I remember, during the pandemic. Least, it's like, make, yeah. I think the words you used, which I love, was like, make yourself a bad home or a host or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I think like twice a year, you know, and this is why I like to do it in January and September is let's do a three day water fast so we can prime that immune system. Now I want to remind you all the other benefits that I talked about you get. So you get more testosterone, you get more, more growth hormone, you're burning more fat, you're stimulating autophagy. You're getting rid of the bad cells. You're resetting your dopamine system and you're rebooting your immune system all in three days. There, there is literally no biohack I can give you to accomplish that. There is no supplement I can give you. There is no magic diet I can give you. It, that you, You've you got to take food out of the equation and let your body do it on its own.
0: That's it. So for those of you, uh, the, the women out there, the, the cycling women out there who want to do a 24-hour fast or longer, these different variations, um, share with them the best time of the month to do that.
1: Yeah. So you know what's really funny is that when I went to go pitch this book, to the publishers, there was a conversation around, is everybody going to want to do these longer fasts? And I was like, yes, go look at my YouTube channel. They all want to do it. My YouTube channel was like literally built off women doing three-day water fasts at the wrong time of their cycle. And they were losing their hair. They were losing their cycle. They were turning into anxious bunnies. And so, um, so the worst time. There's two times women should not cycling women shouldn't be doing a uh, that long of a water fast, and it's again when hormones go high. So ovulation is one. Um, You can do some fasting at ovulation. I I recommend you keep it around 15 hours, Um, and then the but not you wouldn't do a three day water fast in ovulation, and then the other one is the week before your period. And that's because you need glucose to be higher and you need cortisol to be down for progesterone to show up. But when you look at, in the book, I gave a, something called the fasting cycle. And when you look at the fasting cycle, that still gives you 15 days in your your 28, 30-day window where you can throw a three-day water fast in there. So I timed it all out. and We actually now have an app called Fast Like a Girl app that you can find awesome. that that also has um, the, you know, you can plug in what day your cycle you're at and it'll tell you what fast and food is, is recommended.
0: It's very cool. Fast, like a girl app, go download it. It is available on Apple and uh, Google. Or Android? It, it's
1: just Apple right now. Oh, okay. we, we wanted to roll it out as an interactive guide to go with the book. And now we'll spend this year adding more to it. Like uh, for my menopausal women, I have a space on there that we're going to put the moon cycle and I'm ah. gonna to start to teach menopausal Smart. women how to time their lifestyle to the moon.
0: That's really cool. I, I have a, a specific question regarding the menstrual cycle. So typically, the one of the reasons, or we talk about the innate intelligence is kind of giving you clues, and you want to pay attention to it and and listen to the innate intelligence. And one of those clues is typically the week before the period, women are experiencing cravings for chocolate and carbohydrates. And that's the innate intelligence wanting you to make these hormonal conversions. But this is the question. What if those cravings come the week of the period versus the week before? How do you, do you vary it or do you still do it the same way? So this
1: is what we found. And this was actually surprising to me is that you see women complain about their cycle at two times of their cycle. One is the week before. And one is when you actually start your period and when i dove in to look at like what hormones were coming in and out it actually doesn't make a ton of hormonal sense that you would struggle the whole first week of your period so what i started to experiment with was teaching women to raise glucose in their their premenstrual period in that week before their period raise glucose bring cortisol down get a bunch of magnesium uh, which is in a beautiful uh, nutrient mineral for progesterone, and then do that for a couple of months, and now let's see what your period feels like. And what I have found, across, and again, this is observing hundreds of thousands of women, is that the first couple of days when our period starts can be a little bumpy, but by the second day your hunger's down you're ready to fast your energy's coming back out up your moods are coming back up so there's a transition into the into that psych into the period time but if you really pay attention to the week before that transition is very short and you will find that your periods become very smooth
0: great answer awesome that's great okay well, let's get to some questions to those who are on the stream we want to reward those who Prioritize this, and me, me and Mindy yeah. thank you for prioritizing this. Yeah, yeah, thank you for being
1: here. I love we're, this.
0: We got vitamin G for all of you. Well, there's, <laughs> two, there's two questions that were posted by my academy students that I'll ask you. Then I'll get to the live stream. So, Sally Lee asked, "During a fast, can you lose bone?"
1: Ooh. So I I actually think the answer is strongly no, and let me tell you why. When you are fasting, you are upregulating good estrogen. This is so estrogen loves when we keep glucose down. And estrogen is a precursor to collagen. So, and collagen makes bone. So I haven't seen any studies on it. if there's a study, bring it to my attention, I'll look. But based off the mechanics of fasting and the cycle, I would think it's the completely the opposite that you would actually be building
0: bone. Makes sense. Plus the growth hormone that helps too. Yeah. Sherry Llewellyn, Keto Camp Academy says- I'm in menopause, and through blood work, I have low testosterone, which I am taking DHEA, 25 milligrams. I'm not this is not medical advice, by the way. Right. How does fasting affect low T? You kind of covered that, but let's talk about it in specifically to Carrie. Yeah,
1: you know, it's a it, that was the most surprising thing for me. I'm 53. As I went through menopause, was like, whoa, where did testosterone go? And um, to the to I, I forget the woman's Sherry. name. Sherry? Yeah. yeah. To, to Sherry's um, question, what's interesting is that when cortisol goes high, um, testosterone tanks. So DHEA is the precursor for cortisol, progesterone, and testosterone, but your body will always use it to make cortisol if stress is high. Mm-hmm. So that means you want to cycle your fasts a lot more than the typical person. And you really, really want to mind your the fasting cycle that I map out in the book now having said that testosterone if it will make her debut around ovulation that is when we get the most testosterone did she, did she say if she's menopausal
0: she's a menopause yeah
1: okay so um so let's go back then to well let me finish that concept for other women because it stress at the at the ovulation period anything that damages the liver or gut during ovulation is going to lower your testosterone. So that I write about how to protect that, that testosterone production in the book. But in general, we know that women thrive with testosterone or with fasting and testosterone men. We know a 24 hour fast will upregulate your testosterone by 2000%. So again, men, if you're not fasting, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> and thirteen hundred
0: percent in women, no, right? Isn't isn't 30, it thirteen hundred percent? Yeah.
1: So thirteen hundred percent in women. I just want to put a little asterisk and say, but make sure you're cycling it because we don't want too much cortisol surging. Yeah. So in the book, to to Sherry's to, for Sherry's knowledge, in the book I put a thirty day reset. Um, and menopausal women can just start on day one and go all the way through to kind of get a rhythm of what it's like to move in and out of these fasts.
0: Wonderful. Awesome answer. Katie, I didn't see your question in the thread. If you could post it here, I'll, I'll ask many, but I'm going to get to YouTube questions. Now there's a whole bunch of people on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Um, the keto campers here on YouTube. So let's see, I'm going to start with Amy Sanders is fasting uh, it's fasting good if you already have high cortisol levels. it's kind of talks, talks mm. about what you just yeah. said. So variation would be your answer, right?
1: Exactly. It's, it, and so the really important part of that is that is a myth that's in, that's perpetuated throughout the media and, and social social media. And the answer is more variation and you'll be fine.
0: That goes back to what we were saying about the stress, right? Yes, yeah. fasting, is a stress to the body. And yes, it may raise cortisol, but if it's done at the right time for the right length, uh, you know, it's a positive stress. what's called a hormetic stress, like exercise. Right. Just make sure you're not over fasting. Autophagy is amazing, but autophagy all the time is not good, right? right. Being, that's what the book talks about, the variation and having the balance there. Next question here on YouTube is from Kathy Ridgway. I consistently average 17 hours of fasting but so off plan, poor eating choices the past few months. I'm having a super hard time getting back to longer fast, 36 to 42 hours, as I've done in the past. What do you recommend I do?
1: Yeah, there's a couple strategies. Um, It sounds like she might've been an an avid faster before. Is that the kind of, like if she was fasting before, I would say muscle your way into like a 24 or 36 hour fast and you'll reset that metabolism pretty quick. If she wasn't an avid faster before, then I would say that um, what you want to do is start to train yourself. So um, start with 15 hours every day and just get comfortable there and then slowly compress your eating window and then maybe give a marker that you're going to do a 36-hour fast or a 48-hour fast in a couple of months. And And then the other piece, and this is much of what you talk about, is clean up your food. Mm -hmm. clean up your oils, make sure you're eating primarily nature's carbs, get off the refined carbohydrates. That should help as well.
0: It's great. Yeah. I love it. Treat it like a muscle, the fasting muscle. Next question here is from Les Skiles. I'm a cycling woman. If hearing right, is it okay to continue with intermittent fasting up to 15 hours the week prior to my period? Just don't hit autophagy.
1: So the week before your period in general Um, I, in the book, I recommend you keep your fast, you, you don't fast. But in this question, what I heard is she's already fasting. She's got a rhythm with 15 hours. If you have a rhythm with 15 hours and you're going 15 hours a week before your period, you're not going to get a cortisol spike because your body already has a natural rhythm. Makes sense. Just make sure when you open your eating window up, you're eating and you're raising glucose because that's the remember that progesterone is going to go away. Uh, my favorite statement is when progest when cortisol goes high, progesterone becomes shy. So mm. we need. I would also say ketones. When ketones and cortisol go high progesterone becomes shy. So you don't want to be in ketosis. You want glucose up. So make sure you're, you're really eating proper foods. And I call them hormone feasting foods in the book.
0: You have a whole list of them in the book. And you also have a list of the best foods to break a fast with. You got your three Ps on there. What is it? Probiotics, polyphenols, and prebiotics. Yeah. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is Pureform lifescience.com. Use the coupon code Ben4 to apply a four-dollar off coupon. That is Ben B-E-N and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp podcast. And in you on YouTube, we also have a question. Where was it? It was a good question. From Marilyn. Uh Marilyn Hansen says for menopausal women who have who have hypothyroidism, Does your book cover how to fast safely and if not how would she fast safely with hypothyroidism
1: yeah so in the back i did something that i'm really proud of um you know like you i've been working using these principles with patients for years and so i took all my tried and true protocols and i put them in the back and i have a whole one for thyroid so i explained thyroid throughout the book i explained menopause throughout the book and sprinkled into everything in there um awesome. so make so make sure you go and look at that um the second thing that i really want to point out is thyroid got bad got a bad rap for uh fasting and thyroid became That's this true. thing that, th- that the media like h- held on to and when i dove into those studies to look at why they were saying that fasting wasn't good for thyroid health and when i looked at it they weren't saying fasting they were saying calorie restriction
0: mm. Big difference.
1: Big difference. You and I are not advocating calorie restriction. We are advocating time restriction. Right. So if you are going to use fasting as a tool to help thyroid, your thyroid condition, make sure when you open up your eating window, eat, get enough calories.
0: That's what Dr. Pompa says all the time, right? Don't eat less, eat less often, right? That's That's exactly it. We're not talking about, you're getting the benefits of caloric restriction because studies show caloric restriction does extend lifespan, but it comes at a cost. But you're getting the benefits of that without the cost. You're getting mostly the benefits when you do it right with the feasting. So great answer, Mindy. Um, Here's a question from Katie. I'm going to pull it up here on the screen because she's here on Facebook. Recent blood work indicated elevated calcium 10.5, thyroglobulin antibodies at... Point nine nine, Both appear higher than acceptable range. I do not have thyroid diseases. Any insight what would be causing these? Any recommended to lower these? Thank you, Ben and Dr. Mindy.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, um, a lot of factors with autoimmune conditions. Um, and I put a whole, again, whole protocol section in there because autoimmune conditions mostly happen to women. But what, what I saw in case is that like, that's like the beginning of an autoimmune thyroid. So, um, rep- focus on your gut keep your, keep repairing your gut, um, and throw more 24 hour fast in there to do that. And then bring your toxic load down and that thyroid problem will go away.
0: Yeah. And Katie, um, Katie's in the Academy. We're doing carnivore for this month. That could be ah, great for your perfect, gut too. Oh, perfect, uh, a great perfect. reset for the gut. Yeah. You could you go combine carnivore with your, whatever fasting schedule you're doing. That's what's great yeah. about the great thing about, there's so many great things about fasting, but one of the great things is like, it doesn't matter what, dietary philosophy you're subscribed to vegan paleo keto carnivore it's like you plug it right into that right Right. it makes it so convenient doesn't it
1: yeah And and that you know we when we first started my resetter collaborative on facebook our our free our free uh fasting group the vegans and the carnivores were fighting with each other all the time. Yes. And I literally had to put in a team of people and say, hey, if you want to be vegan, no worries. Just chat, just put your fast to veganism. If you want to be carnivore, no worries. Like we don't need to fight in here about diet types. So you can take any diet and attach fasting to it and and it'll it'll work for you.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, by the way, Mindy and I, and well, I'm hosting a seven-day keto challenge next week, um, and Mindy's a part of it. It is starting January 9th, and it's running through January 16th. Mindy and Dr. Pompa are coming on together for a session. We're going to talk about diet variation, feast, famine, cycling, along with Dr. Boz and Mangan Ramos, and I'll be running it every day, two-hour live streams, and it's free. We're giving away $10,000 plus in free prizes from purity coffee to a one-year membership to the academy to pure form of bone broth from kettle and fire. So if you want to register for that, um, head to ketocampchallenge.com. camp Alina, I see you're on here helping me out. So it's right there. Keto We'd love for you to join us. You get to see Mindy. She's going to be on session four with Dr. Pompa. Mindy, you've done the challenges before. Um, how was your experience joining those challenges with us before? Last time we did it with you and Dr. Pompa. We we're doing that again. The
1: carnivore ones. Okay, So let's talk about carnivore. So I, I talked not I,
0: carnivore. I, no, oh, keto, not the seven-day keto challenge. Not oh, this, this. Not this oh, is different than the carnivore thing. This is
1: going going. Oh, okay. This is going keto for seven days.
0: <laughs> this is getting people who yeah. are sugar burners to get ah, them into yeah, fat so burning in seven yeah. days. But we're going to cover diet variation and feast-famine cycling as well.
1: So, so the power of doing something like that in a group is that you y- your results will be much deeper. Yeah. When we do stuff on our own, and this is even for me, like last year was the first time that I hired a personal trainer.
0: Oh, and I I'm, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, I, but I, I know what to do. I just couldn't get the discipline to do oh, it. So I, I had to point. hire somebody. So when you sign up for a challenge like that, you're you're holding yourself accountable. You're in a group of people that you're accountable to. Um, and it, and the energy of the group just kind of carries you, which is so awesome.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So we hope to have you on there. It's going to be incredible. It's dot go- Ketocamchallenge.com. Let's get to some more questions here. I see Stephanie. I'm going to bring this up on the screen here. Stephanie says, how can you know what your cycle is? If you are pre-menopausal, right. have your ovaries, but no uterus, therefore no bleeding. I want to fast for my cycle, but I don't know my cycle.
1: Okay, let's let's talk about the moon cycle for a moment um, yeah. because I saw another menopausal woman say this. So, um, so you still have your ovaries, um, you know. I'll I, I thank God you still have your ovaries. That's so good because you have some ability to make uh, sex hormones. But here's what would happen if we, as women, if we didn't have blue light, so we would all cycle with the moon, and they they have evidence of that back in the primal days. When there wasn't the, the LED lights coming in from our, just our, our, our standard lights, the computer lights, the phone lights, all that blue light is throwing off our body's ability to tune into um, the moon cycle. So everybody, every woman right now, her cycle is different because of the, the uh, way in which blue light infl- uh, comes into our life. So, but once you start to ryth- get rhythmic with your lifestyle around hormones, you'll start to see, and I've seen this happen with so many people, that you start syncing up with the moon. And here's what it looks like. A new moon would be day one of your period. And the full moon would be right in the middle of ovulation. Mm. So if you don't aren't actively bleeding, if you're menopausal, premenopausal, had a hysterectomy, maybe you're, you've got PCOS, start tracking everything to the moon. This is, this is why on the app, I want to put the moon cycle in there so that people without cycles can do that. It's really fun. Um, it's, it's the closest thing we have to giving you that in and out uh, experience so you have all your hormones to, to, to take into consideration. Um, and that cycle, you're influenced by whether you are aware of it or not.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea to put that in the app. It's going to make it so so much easier for those yeah. who want to do that moon cycle. Here's a good question that I'll I'll start to address and then you could pick up. Um, Isabel says, is keto okay a week before the period without fasting? So um, the answer is not. it's not ideal because that's the week to build progesterone. And, and Mindy's going to yeah. explain that the foods to build progesterone are not necessarily keto-friendly foods. So we're going to dive deep into this next week during the challenge. But Mindy, explain why progesterone is the main focus and why healthy specific carbs are what's needed, which are not t- necessarily keto friendly.
1: You, you know what I just thought of when you were talking is, you know, that that um, comment that success leaves clues. And so if you wanna be successful, just follow other successful people and you'll see the clues that they've left. Yeah, um, I feel like our, our body leaves clues all the time to us. It tells yeah. us all the time what it needs and hormones especially. So if you look at the week before your cycle, um, what progesterone, if she could talk to you, what she would say is, I need glucose to be higher. So much so that I'm going to make sure that you're hungry all the time the week before your cycle. And I'm going to make sure you crave carbs because I need you to raise glucose. But the way we interpret that is we say, oh my God, I just want to eat all the time. I just want a tub of ice cream and some pizza. And I just, I just, am just so hungry and carb craving. And we villainize it. We bitch about it. But progesterone saying, I just needed you to bring glucose up. Yeah. So, not a great time to be in keto because you need to bring in some of the squashes. You need to bring in, uh, like, I'm all kinds of squashes, butternut, uh, honey nut is in my new favorite, acorn squash, all the, the potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, the, uh, all kinds of potatoes. I mean, potatoes are great for the microbiome. Tropical fruits, banana is not, I don't think it was in that video you did on the five keto foods, was it? Oh, no,
0: it wasn't because it's not (laughs) a keto fruit. That's why it's a non-keto fruit. fruit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So fruit, tropical fruits, citrus fruits. So the tropical are banana, mangoes, um, and uh, papaya. So, Mm. and and then lots of chocolate, but I'm not saying Hershey's chocolate. I'm saying like really good, you know, bittersweet 70% chocolate, Um, because you need the magnesium. So if you lean into those foods the week before your period and keep yourself out of keto, you'll find that your premenstrual symptoms will be better and then your cycle will be better.
0: Yeah. You're, you're working with your hormones versus against it. So um, listen to your body. I like that success leaves clues. Your body leaves clues. So absolutely Mindy. Um, There's some more questions here. Let's see, uh, Coach Sandy NZ. I'm, I imagine that's New Zealand. If intermittent fasting raises testosterone, and I am postmenopausal, so estrogen and progesterone are very low, but unfasted testosterone is still high relative to estrogen and progesterone levels, will testosterone activity cause an imbalance?
1: Well, I mean, the the general challenge we have with hormones is that. One goes there. They're like the levers on a stereo. Yeah. One goes up, the other goes down. So I can't say for sure for her, but I can tell you that we've got to stop trying to give hormones the the lane of being an absolute (laughs) hormones are not an absolute yeah everything switches hormones if you go on to a new time zone your hormones are going to switch if you're under an unusual amount of stress your hormones are going to shift seasonally your hormones shift they are very vulnerable characters Mm -hmm. and so i would say that if you go to use fasting to bring testosterone up progesterone and estrogen are going to need to figure out how to balance that, but your body's smart, it'll figure it out, especially if you're doing it a natural way. When we do it in more of a synthetic way and more of a, it's more manipulative and that's when we have bigger problems. Like I, I, I'm not opposed to bioidenticals, but it, it, there's a learning curve for each woman.
0: Well said, yeah, it's, it's the feast famine cycling, right? You wanna get the benefits of fasting and testosterone and growth hormone, but you wanna make sure you feast too. So don't forget the feasting right. part. Judy, who's also a Keto Camp Academy student, how often should a menopausal woman who has probably has high cortisol fast to build progesterone?
1: You know, if you were to take it, Judy, like on a weekly schedule, I would say one day a week. Just step out and of ketosis. Don't fast. Lean into the foods we talked about. Now, so like a five one
0: one sort of thing, like one flex. Yeah. One, I call it a keto flex day. Yeah.
1: Perfect. A keto flex day. Um, now I I would recommend that you get a Dutch test at one point, because that'll tell you what your, what your progesterone stores are. I know for me that my, I'm always fighting for more progesterone. So (laughs) I actually do a little more hormone feasting because of that. Um, so, but one day a week is great.
0: And Judy, if you need help getting that Dutch test, we could help you get it. Just let us know. Um Stephanie says how can you know what your cycle is if you are premenopausal i have oh we already answered we already yep. asked that question yep. sorry um another question here is somebody saying i'm finishing up my 3 day water fast tomorrow so they're ahead of you <laughs> and nice. i'm doing carnivore first for the first time nice Good. job me too i'm on day 3 carnivore i'm with you Love i am fat adapted and i've been And I hit a plateau and I registered. I'm a seven day challenge. I'm registered for the seven day challenge. I'm excited about next week. Yeah. So let's talk about the plateaus. I think this is a good, it's not really a comment, a question, but it's a comment. But plateaus, Mini, because that's the name of the game. You know, your body's going to adapt and then eventually you're going to hit a plateau. But What let's let's define what a plateau exactly is, because a lot of people define a plateau as the scale of staying the same. So do you, Mindy, categorize that as a plateau? And if not, what would you categorize a plateau?
1: That's a great question. I would say a plateau is where you are are doing a health habit over and over and over again, but you're not getting the same response you used to get.
0: So, so if you if you were like feeling, waking up in the morning and you were so energized and now all of a sudden that's not happening, that's an example yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think this is such a huge principle for both men and women on the human body. We have to remember when we first do anything, a first workout, first diet, you first meditate, you whatever, you start changing your sleeping habits. The body is forced to adapt. And most of the time it'll adapt favorably. It may be uncomfortable in the beginning, but then it'll it'll adapt favorably. So, um, but if you don't switch it, then eventually the body's like, oh, I get how this works. You, you, you don't give me food for 15 hours every day. (laughs) I Uh, see what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're doing. So I'm just going to kind of go back into my lulled state, but then you change it up. You, maybe you change your fasting window. You don't always have to change your fasting length. Maybe you start to eat breakfast. We've been doing this in my house is that we're eating, finishing at like five o'clock at night and trying to eat a little earlier in the day. And in that moment, what you're doing is you're saying to your body, wait, here's, here's a new stressor you need to deal with. And so it's that hormetic stress. And all of a sudden it builds itself stronger. Think of it very much like exercise. If we do the same exercise over and over again, you never, you never make progress no trainer, you wouldn't hire a trainer who gave you the same workout. So why are we doing the same diet with the same fast? It just doesn't make sense.
0: Perfect example. So mix things up, change things up. If you're doing a 16 hour fast every single day and you're eating between 12 and 8 PM, then let's change that by eating in the morning and finishing earlier in the day. Just that little switch, like you said, is going to force the body to adapt And when you adapt, that's where changes, you start to progress. Just like when you change your workout, the body adapts. So that's a great tip. Mix things up and don't use the scale um, as your gauge, whether or not something is working for you. Remember, weight loss is a side effect of your body getting healthy and your hormones uh, getting optimized. So don't let the scale discourage you. Um, Don't even let it motivate you. Honestly, just let it be one metric. That's not the most important metric. So when you think- Go ahead. You know
1: what I know? I just want to say something about the scale. You know what I hate about the scale is we all have a number we want to see on there. Yeah. And that number has a history. So mm. when, and, and other numbers, bigger numbers that we don't want to see also has a history. So talk about triggering your traumas, like yeah. get on that scale and you're going to, your, your brain's going back into your past. So to your point, get rid of the scale. I, mine broke about seven years ago. I never got another one. Um, I use my, how my, my, my body, how my clothes fit as, a, as yeah. a gauge.
0: It's great that, and uh, maybe get some body fat done. Like that's body fat percentage is way more important than the total number on the scale, because yeah. the goal is to lose fat, not necessarily lose weight. I mean, yeah, losing weight could entail losing fat, but if you're just focusing on losing weight, you could be losing muscle. I mean, who knows you'd be losing, right. protein, but body right. fat, that's very important to look at. Right. Um, so I love that. Get healthy to lose weight, not the other way around. Mindy, what are your final words for everybody on here? Um, I know that the book is something I want everybody to get. I think you're all going to love it if you haven't gotten it already. But what do you want to share to close out land the plane together?
1: Uh, um, you know, I just, the, the main, my main principle with the book is I just want women to believe in themselves again. And what I really loved about, what I love about fasting is nobody can do it for you. So I can show you the way. But when you actually step into it and succeed at it, there's a self pride like I've never seen in in any other type of health habit. So you've got to walk the path. Um, and 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 then the second piece, and this is something really interesting that I that I've thought about a lot lately, is that. Um, we, what we're doing with this book is we're cracking open the conversation that women need to do everything differently. We need to do our lifestyle differently. We need to think about our social calendar and our hormones, our relationships. You and I should do like a a geek out on, on like relationships and um, hormones sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. Because our hormones come into play in our relationships. So this book is just the beginning of what I hope will be a very long conversation with both men and women. And ultimately, the last thing I'll say is that um, we've lived in a very patriarchal, masculine healthcare system that is very linear. It's very black and white. And the female body is not linear. It's got a lot of rhythm to it and a lot of ebbs and flows. When you look at our hormones, you look at our moods. Yeah. So one, one of my visions for healthcare is that we bring the feminine and the masculine together. Uh, the, the linear diagnosis can be helpful. It gives you a roadmap, but now let's, let's figure out how you can u- be the n of one and find what lifestyle and, and health path is best for you. If we start to marry those two things together, we will end chronic disease. Ah,
0: let's do it. Let's do it, Mindy. Mindy is an incredible resource. Everybody, fastlikeagirl.com. Uh, Mindy has an incredible YouTube channel, Dr. Mindy Pels on YouTube. Uh, and her Instagram is Dr. Mindy Pels on Instagram. And you have the Resetter podcast as well. So, so many ways to find Mindy. Go get the book, Mindy. Thank you. I can't wait to see you again for a nice oxytocin oh. hug and many, many laughter, laps together.
1: Agreed. Thank you, Ben. And that, you were one of the highlights. I should, I forgot to box you on the 31st, but you were one of the highlights of my year because we really got to see each other a lot more than normal. So I love so it. It so awesome.
0: Well, yeah. we're going to do more of that this year. So thank Agreed. you,
1: Mindy. Uh-huh. My pleasure. Thank you, Ben.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mindy. She's like a sister to me. I'm like a brother to her. She's amazing. Go get subscribed to her Resetter podcast. Go follow her on YouTube, on Instagram. We'll put all those links down below. Go get her book over at fastlikeagirl.com or just click the link in the podcast notes down below. Share this with a friend and go register for our upcoming 7-Day Keto Challenge. Mindy's a part of it. You're not going to want to miss this. KetoCampChallenge.com I have vitamin G for you. Hopefully you are inspired to get your daily dose of vitamin G. And if you are, here's how you can do it. Leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review right now and share what you're grateful for about the show. That's a form of vitamin G. I'll receive the benefit. You'll receive the benefit. It's a win-win. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. I'll see you on the next episode.